Okay, I'm gonna start it right now. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into our fearless beer review, then we get into our vinyl pickups that leads into our songs of the week, and then we finish it out with some new music and other happenings in the music world. My name is Tyler. Way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there in the ether, is Jeff. Uh, go to Apple Podcasts, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Uh, and just keep listening. Tell all, you, tell all your friends, and uh, let's just jump right into the fearless beer review. What do you got, Jeff? Go. I got. Uh, I've been kind of in this weird like uh, IPA phase, so I just been picking up randos. But I saw I saw this big boy here for like five bucks, and I right. think this is one of your faves. But I got Hop Stupid by Lagunitas. Ooh, yes, so good. Lagunitas. Yeah, this is a big boy here. So it's a, it's a tall can, but bottle. Tall bottle. Yes, that's that's the good stuff right there. TB. That's the good stuff. That's how I got into it was the big bottle. All right. Yeah, so um, I, I I follow friend of the pod, Raul Mondesi, the, the baseball <laughs> player. And we we've learned how to, because Beer Advocate website is a pretty shit website. It's antiquated pretty terrible pretty just terrible. needs to uh, be updated or something i don't know but i follow raul mondesi so now i'm gonna check and see if he's reviewed my beers because i finally have a grasp and a handle on how to check this kind of stuff and he has reviewed my beer um again <laughs> my, my beer is hop stupid by lagunitas um abv eight percent a little actually it was a lot higher than i thought i thought it was gonna be like a five and a half sixer this is an eight percenter uh, yeah, it's it's pretty high. It's pretty high. Oh, yeah, so this uh, it's a business a doozy. So th- so this is what our boy Rowell's got. He says, "Wowie, quite simple. This is just a hot dog, good beer. No, not Wiener Schnitzel, not Hebrew National, not that ballpark junk. This is a quality hot dog beer. Bitter like an X with a yoga booty, hoppy like an X after a venti pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, Rowell is feeling this." <laughs> Not King Kong, but still roar. Oh my God, he's the fucking best. What? <laughs> he's the best. <laughs> Bitter like an X with a yoga booty. Hoppy like an X after a venti pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> Good and times. And the fact that he 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 spelled out the the roaring sound. Oh yeah, three three O's too in the roar. So silly. Four so out of silly. five. He gives it. That's okay. That's. Fairly high, worth it, worth it. It's okay, beer. okay, okay. So, uh, yeah, uh, let's see here. I got, I got, I actually stole this from Ryan because I just didn't have time to get a beer, so I stole one from Ryan, and he's in Jamaica, so fuck him. <laughs> uh, this is, um, this is uh, something called Mama's Little Yellow Little Yellow Pills by Oscar Blues Brewery. 
Uh, it's 4.7 ABV. I got a little 12 ouncer of it. Uh, Pilsers are generally pretty good, as long as they're not hoppy ones, because those ones are nasty. Um, but yeah, Raul also, he also uh, left a review for, for this beer. So he gave this one a 3.22 out of 5. Uh, this is what he put. I mean, it looks good, or fine, really, for a Pilsner. It's like describing a girl with blonde hair. It's blonde, moving along, smell is of, gra- smell is of grass, and like grass. Okay, taste is okay at first. Grass. But then you rust, <laughs> but then rusted metal like your cousin's piece of shit Chevy. Not a fan. Overall, like a hooker in TJ does the trick, but also gives you sec- leaves you second-guessing yourself. What the f- like a hooker in TJ does the <laughs> trick. <laughs> Dude, this guy is out of control. I love it. Oh my god. He he did this review on March 2nd, 2018. So, oh, a fairly new one. Yeah, yeah. So, I I don't know understand like oh. how he comes up with so many different things. Like, I've never read a review that's similar to another. It's They're dude, I know. Like so his different. he's quite witty. It's it's impressive. Yeah. It is impressive how he can be two two thousand reviews deep and still be witty. It's pretty remarkable, really is. Man, he's just he has to be one of those guys that is probably just like on all the time. Yeah, yeah. Probably super fun to hang out with too, I imagine. Yeah. Oh man, that's funny. Funny <laughs> stuff. Yeah. So uh, you know. Uh, okay, so yeah, let's um let's just drink this shit. So let's do it. Uh, oh like I forgot to tink it. Hold on. Oh okay, okay, here we go. Oh good tank. Mm. Okay. Mm. Oh man. Yeah, this is a beer. This is definitely a beer. What do you think of your hop stupid? What do you think? Well, for uh this is not what I remember this tasting like. <laughs> and um eh. Eh. Too hoppy for you or what? Meh. No, it's too almost like yeasty tasting. Really? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I, I don't. F- I don't find this crisp like at all. Well, it's it's more malty than crispy. This is you know. Just, uh, eh. <laughs> Are you gonna finish it at least? Yeah, cool. I'll finish this. It was fucking five or yeah, it's five bucks, man. It's a hot and ready. Okay. I'll finish it. <sighs> all right, of course, hot and ready. Um, <clears throat> so my my pills from Oscar Bluesbury. This one is this one's all right. It's uh, they're better pilsners out there. It's it's not. It's all, I mean, I don't know. It's <laughs> Oscar Blues is that brewery that tried to do the, the Guns N' Roses, but it was Guns N' Rose, remember? And they got, oh, yeah, I remember they got that. the cease and desist. <laughs> a few years ago, yeah. Yeah, it, this, this Pilsner does have a lot of flavor, but it's a little too, this one is too yeasty, too yeasty for my liking, but still good, still good. But uh, so, okay, so, so we have a three-point rating system where three is a perfect beer, Two is a good beer you're going to continue to drink. One is a bad beer, but you should give it a shot. And zero is a drain pour. So what do you give your hop, stupid? I, um, honestly, it's fine. I don't, it's okay. I, I, I would probably never buy this ever again in my life. I, I sell just, it in six packs now. Maybe, maybe I got a bad one or something, but I don't, I don't find, it almost tastes like. Does it say when it's bottled? Eh, No. That's a bummer. You, That's usually a, that gas station buyer, I mean, it does say it here, but I cannot read that at all. Those like numbers are fucking faded. Run out. Yeah. I don't know. It, it tastes it tastes almost like stale. And okay. That's how my Pilsner tastes too. 
it doesn't taste fresh. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, that's weird. I don't, I don't think it's, it's, I mean, I don't know how, cause like I said, I've had, I think the last time I had this was, I think one of the first times you came out here, I had bought a six pack and then I had one then, but yeah, it was probably as we were drinking already. So I don't even remember what it tastes, tastes like, but <laughs> this almost doesn't even feel like it's carbonated enough. Is this a, oh, that's weird. It, is it a low carbonation beer? No, it's usually, it's normal. It's, it's definitely a normal, normal, normal carbonation. So it's yeah. I, you must just have got a bad a bad batch of it or something. Yeah, mm, I don't know. That, 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 I mean, because if it tastes flat and if it, yeah, it, everything that you're describing about it is not what it normally tastes like. And it smells. I mean, it just smells like it smells like syrupy. It smells like it's going to be thick in the mouth. It smells like it's going to be some full bodied beer. It just smells thick and syrupy. But it doesn't taste that way, right? Not not really. Okay, yeah, because it is it is a pretty it's sticky, full body for sure, but yeah, it's a pretty full bodied IPA because it's a double IPA, so it kind of has to be. But man, that's good stuff. That that was the beer that got friend of the pod Mike into beer. Like prior to that, he never drank beer; it was only only whiskey and and liquor. And then when him and I moved in together in Costa Mesa in like 2012. I, I gave him a bottle of that and said, you should just try it. And he did. And that was, that was the beginning of his obsession with beer when he yeah. became a full-blown hipster. Full-blown beer poser. <laughs> when he grew the beard, he grew the hair, everything. That's when it all started. I changed him. I changed Mike. It's weird that this changed him, but... But at right. the time, think about it. It was 2012, you know, beers. It was still like... Craft beer was still kind of getting its leg, leg in, and it was just kind of a lot of experimenting and a lot of just there wasn't a lot of stuff out there at the time. Kind yeah. of like Racer Five, like when when Racer Five came out, we everybody really liked it, but then going back to it, it's not a good IPA. It's not, yeah, it is not that good at all. But it was always a go-to because it was a little bit more expensive and it had a lot of alcohol or had more alcohol than most beers. Yeah, that's true. But it's not a good IPA. No, it's not. Yeah, there's this, so, that's right. Uh, it is, though. So my, my Pilsner, I'm going to have to give this one a 1.5. I'm never going to go back to it. It's not a terrible Pilsner, but, yeah, I'm never, ever going to go back to it. But it's good. I'm glad I tried it. So 1.5 out of 3. And wait, would you give your hop stupid? I'll probably do 1.5 also. I, I feel that's, that's accurate. I think this deserves more than just a 1. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I'm never going to get this again. But, if, I mean, if, if, if you brought, like, some over or... If you bought like a sixer, I'd have one, and I wouldn't complain about it. <laughs> Plus, it's free beer. Why not? It's eight percent, and it's an I think it's an imperial IPA, and you're not getting a, uh, just a upfront murder hop taste. So yeah. I think it's well balanced. It's just I think it tastes fucking weird. I think it's just the batch. I think you'd give it you give a high, you would give it a higher rating if you had a better batch. There are things here that I do so. like, yeah, but I I just think it just tastes stale. It tastes like it tastes like dust. <laughs> That's how I feel mine tastes too. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck's going on. Anyway, anyway. Yeah, whatever. Let's um whatever. let's uh get into uh what do we got? Uh vinyl pickups. Let let's start with that and then that'll that'll lead into our songs of the week. Uh what do you got what did, what did you pick up or what did you listen to this week? Great, great, great stuff. Um I hope so. Yeah. It's all great stuff. So the first thing is I ordered Deloused by the Mars Volta. Mm-hmm. A while ago, Annoying. but it was expensive, and 
another company was pressing the same thing, but with more, I don't know if there's more goodies, because did your Delaus come with, I you get the box set, though. that's not really fair. I got the box set, yeah, so it's it might be a little bit different. Yeah, so I mean, basically, Clouds Hill, who I absolutely despise that company, <laughs> and just the entire way that dude, what's his name, jo- Johan? Johan. Johan. Johan Santana. <laughs> Pitcher for the Mets for a long time. Okay, um, that's a weird. That's a weird mashup of a name. Johan Santana? Santana, dude. So like, that's weird, man. K. Rod Francisco Rodriguez, who used to play for the for the Angels. Actually, he he, has, he holds like the the number one or the record for saves in a, in a season. Then he went to the mm-hmm. Mets too. And I remember on my fantasy league for many years, like two or three years, I used to have Johan Santana and Francisco Rodriguez. And when they pitched back to back, because he was Johan was a starter, and then K Rob would come and clean him up. Oh my god, I would rat, I would just rake in the points. I was winning like <laughs> two, two, almost three years in a row. I was killing it with those two. <laughs> Completely. Did they play? Did they both play for the Angels? No, Johan played for the Twins for a long time. Won the Cy Young. Mm. Hall of Fame pitcher for sure. K Rod played for the for the Angels, and then they both ended up on the Mets. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, Cloud Tills is trash, and then Vinyl Me Please is a subscription based service, and it's a little pricey for the records. If you want just the one record, it's like forty five bucks. But if you sign up for a three month, a six month, or a year subscription, the vinyls get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. So okay. it's a good my, deal. I mean, it's it's a good deal if you like the records, but the reason why mm-hmm. I stopped was because there was three records to choose from, and I don't want any of them. And it's like, yeah. cool, now I'm stuck with buying these fucking records that I don't want. Yeah, it's like it's listed under, like, what, a classic record, a hip-hop record, a country record, and that's it, right? And then, there, well, the country's a new one. They just started that, like, two or three months ago. Oh, but okay. When I did, it was hip-hop. Which is self-explanatory, and then there is essentials, which are just things that That's they think of, yeah. you should own on vinyl, and then classic, which would be like not classical music, but mm-hmm. more like jazz or things that are older, like blues like jazz, blues, maybe yeah. big band or something, yeah. and, and kind of things that are not quite popular, whatever. But finally, yeah. please, I, I got I got a copy of Delaus colored variant. I'm pretty sure it's cut from like the same place. Sounds the same for 35 bucks as opposed to the 65 Clouds Hill was charging. Mm. And mine's on yeah. a fucking color variant. And it's just. Oh, and, and it, then you got it for free. So there's that too. Well, I didn't get it for free. I still pay. I got an extra one for free. Yeah, but you know you're going to be able to sell the other one for 40. Yeah, probably. So yeah, you'll, they, get, you'll, you'll make five bucks. But they sent it to me and the jacket's all fucked up because the postal service clearly just ran it over with a Trap. tiger or something. And it sounded like shit too. Like the first uh, on on Sun at Lumiere, it didn't sound mm-hmm. very good. It was very staticky. So I, I, I was gonna send it back, but they just sent me a new one. So anyway, I got deloused, and I'm super happy with it, and it sounds great. It does. It does. My my deloused sounds amazing too. It's I fucking love the record. I think I've li- out of the box set, I've listened to deloused and Amputecture the most. Um, Man, some good stuff. That's weird, but okay. How's that weird? Why? Why is that weird? Because Deloused, that's fine, I guess. But we did it on the pod already, so you shouldn't even be listening to that that much. But sometimes you just want to hear Theodore just rip it up on the drums. That's that's what it is. And then Ambitexture is completely wrong. That is, oh, Ambitexture is such an amazing record. It's unbelievable even, how good it is. I didn't even buy that one from Clouds Hill. Yeah, completely you're an idiot. omitted that one. Because Not you're worth dumb. it. You're dumb. 
That's dumb. That's stupid. You're well, dumb. That's so okay. dumb. Dude, are you... <laughs> what is going burp. on over there? We, sh- we can't burp. We've you can't even talk. You can't even breathe. I know. <laughs> so, yeah. We're going to get, get a one-star review because we're of the burps. We're going to cease and desist from all the haters out there of burps. <laughs> um, another thing I got... I, I really like this guy. I think this dude's pretty dope. His name's Richie Havens. Folk yes. guy. He, um, I, this is like his fourth album. It's called Alarm Clock. It was his highest charting album. He has he has mm-hmm. a, a couple other albums that he didn't authorize, and they were just released by the label, and he didn't appreciate it, didn't like them, and so that's he has like four slash six albums. It's one of those things. But yeah, this guy's yeah. cool. It's just really good folk music, and like the dude opened Woodstock, and like the story of him opening Woodstock is just so rad, and like he didn't even think he was gonna do it, and then everybody else was stuck in traffic or getting pulled over by the police and they're just like, Richie, can you, can you play? And he was like, yeah, when? Like now. And he just fucking went out there and played like every song that he knows for like an hour, an hour and a half. And it's pretty it's, rad. It's so cool. Like just the open, like the guy opened Woodstock. Oh, it's so rad. It's so cool. Nobody knows who he is. That's nobody ever will. Nobody right. ever will. Because realistically, if you don't really like folk music, there's not much here. It's it's very slow. It's very folky. So there's not much here, and every, everything he does is kind of similar. But um, I, I dig it. I really like it a lot. Yeah, I have the I have one Rishi Haver, or I had one. I got well. No, I still have it. I don't even remember the name of the record. But uh, yeah, I never really. I didn't. It was fine. It was good, but it wasn't my my thing. I'm just not really into the folk thing. But it was cool. It's cool. I mean, if you're into it, it's cool too. I mean, it works out judge. for me because this one was like four dollars, and so I'm I'm cool. Oh, okay. with it. Yeah, mine. Was, I think my, mine was a two dollar record. So, do you think he's better than Bob Dylan? No. You sure? Yeah. What in the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I had to ask. Click like a button on my fucking computer, on the Google Docs, and it wants me to like restart your computer. No. There's three different things. There's editing, <laughs> suggesting, and viewing. And I guess I click suggesting somehow. So instead of edit, instead of deleting things, it just like highlights it in green. Oh. I couldn't figure out real quick how to delete it. Now I, I was getting really mad really fast. And I don't know why you fucking even delete your notes. It's so weird that you do that. Oh, yeah. Because then I'm have like a thousand, like this pod goes on every week. I'm having like a thousand mm. different things. It's annoying. It's annoying. Then you fuck up, and then you can't remember what you wanted to say or talk about. Yeah, it's really annoying. Yeah, well. So <laughs> what, what else you got? What else you got? Uh, I finally listened to Zappa's, the Hot Rats album that I got. Mm-hmm. I, f- I forgot I even had it. It was just in a stack of other Zappa records and in a stack of other records I haven't listened to. And I'm not, I'm not like forcing myself to get into my backlog as much as I used to be. Mm-hmm. And it makes it more enjoyable. And I, I've been listening to stuff that I want to. And it's, it's nice. But yeah, I listened to Hot Rats by Zappa. This is his second solo album, or his first, after the, the Mothers of Invention broke up. This is from 69. And this is absolutely fantastic. This is so <laughs> fucking good. This may, be like, this may be like my favorite thing of like the five things I've heard by him. But this may be like my favorite thing that he's done. It's, it's what, very... What sets it apart, though? It's very jazz fusion, but it's a uh-huh. rock-based jazz fusion rather than like a slower jazzy thing. It's okay. it's it's a rock album, but it is jazz fusion. There's just there's so much jamming, and there's just these lengthy instrumentals, and 
everybody kind of like steps up and does their own thing and then steps back and then gives room for somebody else. So it is kind of jazzy in that approach, but it's Mm -hmm. still rock. There's still distorted guitars and they still kill and they still speed up and slow down. And there's a lot of overdubs. um, Who plays drums on it? I don't know. One of the, you didn't look up. There was a lot of of people that played. There's a lot of people that played on this album and it wasn't just like, he didn't just have the musicians on every song. It was like different musicians for different songs. Yeah. What, what is it called? Rat in the wall or what? <laughs> hot rats. Oh, hot. <laughs> rat in the wall. I don't know why I thought that. I don't know where you, I, that was quick. You too, came up with that one. <laughs> that yeah. So hot, hot, hot rats. Hat rats. Yeah, there's like, and there's, there's very little <laughs> vocals. There's maybe like, Five percent or less of this album is, is vocals, and then mm-hmm. it's in like the That's beginning, like. and like that is it. Otherwise, it's just it's just jamming, just jamming. All right, yeah. There's there's three drummers on this record: John Guerin. I don't know really who he is, and then Paul Humphreys. Don't really recognize him or who he's worked with. Really, yeah. I don't. Or he worked with Les McCann a lot. It looks like, but other than that, yeah, I don't really recognize the these guys but that's cool no that's really i'm I'm interested in this like i want to go full in i want to dive fully into frank zappa's stuff like well, i'm should, i'm ready to you go. should start with the shit that you already have because you I have, only have one other record yeah I have, have you listened to it not okay jeff okay you know the big lot i got this week oh, so yeah. we're not gonna we're, we'll talk about that once we get to my stuff i don't even want to talk I've had about a lot it. to be mad <laughs> We got to talk about it because that's like all I put in my 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 vinyl section this week. Oh, great! I, I left out like all the stuff that that wasn't related to it. So, because I figured we we talked pretty extensively about it. So, okay. Well, I don't want to talk about my stuff anymore because it's all now now it's all irrelevant. <laughs> it's all spoiled. Yeah, it's all it all means nothing <laughs> at this point. So, so what else you got? What else you got? Uh, I got another another uh, guitarist, another classical guitarist, Argentinian classical guitarist, Jorge Morel. This is uh, some guy from like the fifties and sixties, just another dude. That's just really amazing. And and I looked at the album and I didn't see anybody else on the album. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming it's him doing both like the, the rhythm and the lead parts. But I swear to God, there's just no way somebody can do some of the stuff that he's doing on here. It's so there's just no way it has to have like a backup guitarist. But everything I found is just him doing this album by himself. So, where'd you I get this know. record from? This is I got this at at Aldo's. It was like okay, five dollars. Just, just some. He has like a little section usually underneath where nobody really goes, and it has like just a lot of of like Spanish guitarists and a lot of mariachi, and that's like the only place I go to get like mariachi music is from that section from his place. Yeah, and this one was there, and it was five bucks, and I was like, fuck it. So it came out to like three dollars. But if it's yeah. only him on this, I am crazy impressed. Okay, because that would be that would be pretty. I mean, I haven't listened to it, but what you're describing would be pretty remarkable. It's that. I mean, it was it was so good that I I was trying to look into whether or not he had another guitarist play with him, or if it was dubbed. Like it was that. It just didn't make any sense. Like I was just thinking in my mind, as I do most of my thinking, yeah. I was just like, I mean, I, I how can so. you possibly walk the bass line? And then still hit some of those high notes, but the high notes weren't just like single notes; they were like chords. So he's doing huh. like a like a bass line, and then still hitting chords at the same time. And I just don't understand. Yeah, that's weird. I don't, I don't get it. 
And this is in the fifties, you said? He was he did a lot of music in the fifties and sixties, but he played from like the forties to like the nineties. Oh, okay, okay. Um how did wait, did you know about this guy prior or was it just random that you, you pulled it out? I, I I've heard the name because he ended up becoming like BFFs with Chet Atkins. Okay. And so doing like research on Chet Atkins, then this name has popped up several times. But mm-hmm. I didn't know nothing about like I didn't know that he was like a guitarist. I just knew the name. Mm-hmm. Too. If you see another one, you know, pick it up. He um, has a lot of five dollar classical guitarists, and I mean, th- these guys aren't aren't like blowing my mind. They're just really, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. And that's it's fine. I mean, it, and a lot of that stuff, like flamenco, old jazz, and stuff. Like, if you have a really good player, they don't have to be like a virtuoso, but if it's really good, it's still a a very pleasant listen. You know, just throwing yes. it on kind of in the background even if you're not really paying attention it's just nice yeah so that's cool cool Shit boy all right what else you got all right you're ready for this, this oh, now, no. i don't know i don't know <laughs> now we're getting in the dead family now we're getting in oh the grateful God, dead dude. stuff can we do one week without a fucking <laughs> dead related record Jeez i got two Christ. this week i got two this week uh, at least it's only two it's not like five like every other week for the last two months this 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 these are two important ones though because now, okay. <laughs> now I've completed okay. the side, the first album side projects. So Bob Weir, the other guitarist, vocalist, songwriter for the Grateful Dead, his first mm-hmm. album called Ace, and this was released in '72. Remember, the, the the record label allowed them to release their own record, like a solo record. Mm-hmm. I think they even like encouraged it too, which I still think is so weird, so bizarre. Yeah. But it, this it is, is very strange for a label to do that. Unless they is, thought something was like truly remarkable, but most labels still wouldn't even do it. But they yeah, that I just don't that doesn't make any sense. In seventy two also, they're not like like a lot of these are released before their huge European tour. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, it just seems very bizarre and it seems very very nice of the label to do. And I, that that's always <laughs> just I don't trust that stuff, you know? It's just uh, yeah. What label weird. was it? Uh Warner. Oh, is oh really? That's a huge label. Yeah. Damn. Okay. See, see. It's weird. It's weird, man. It's weird. I mean, they were they're, they're, like the Grateful Dead was getting big in the early seventies. They'd already released the majority of their psychic, actually all of their psychedelic stuff, and then they got into their which you don't like the the Working Man's Dead that had already yeah. been released, and that was a huge hit. Yeah, so I there, couldn't really get into that. So there was a lot of stuff that made them that made them big and, and famous. So I don't know. I, I thought it was weird, but anyway, yeah, Bob Weir Ace. That's his first album. This is essentially a Grateful Dead album. Like it's every musician on here is from the Grateful Dead. There's a couple outliers, but they're in the Dead family. They played on other mm-hmm. people's side projects or whatever. So they're in the Dead family. I like. I do like this one because I think Bob Weir is severely underrated because Jerry Garcia is the only person you really know from the Grateful Dead ever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's a phenomenal guitar player. He's a great songwriter, but I think Bob Weir is better. I think Bob Weir is a better songwriter. And that's a I, bold statement. I, I don't think he's as good as, of a guitarist as Jerry Garcia is. Just because me personally, I think Jerry Garcia can do. He can do kind of anything. He can do it mm-hmm. all. And he's pretty damn good at doing it all. Where I think Bob Weir's focus strictly in the rock world, mm-hmm. but I think as a songwriter, Bob Weir's is is better. I, I think he's better. His stuff with Kingfish, I think he's really good. Even though that stuff's kind of shit on too. But whatever, this is solid. This is good stuff. 
And hit, okay. now we have Bob Weir like spearheading the operation and then in doing so leading the team. And so you get a lot of really good songs. A lot of the songs here too, the Grateful Dead played live like as their own stuff. So that's, that's also cool. But it was like a Grateful Dead album. So <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> of course. Of course. And of course you had to bring it to the pot. But this bitch was like 20 like, bucks. I can't believe you spent that much on, on that. On that. Come on, man. This is the one I knew was going to be expensive. And, but it was only 20 bucks because it still had like the shrink around it. Oh, and then it still had like the hype, like the OG hype stickers. So I was pretty, I was pretty, pretty, pretty hyped cool, about that. But I'm sure you had to like mentally prepare yourself to buy a record that expensive, right? Oh yeah, I, I had it in my hand and I put it down and I was like, ah oh, no. <laughs> and then I thought about hiding it and coming back the next time. I was like, no, I'll just do it. Yeah, I know. Why would you do that when you know you're gonna buy it anyway? <laughs> it's so dumb. I uh, know. Twenty bucks. Uh, That's a lot of money. It's like three hot and ready's. Uh, yeah, roughly, roughly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other one is Mickey Hart, his his album Rolling oh Thunder. God. This is his first solo album. So this is before he did the Diga. This Diga is was a, so good. So this is not like a a a percussion driven album. This is like a Grateful Dead album, kind of. But so that has all the members. <laughs> it, it it does, but there's also a lot of other people that he uh. he. This guy was like crazy popular. He was really friendly. People loved this dude. So a lot of the local Bay Area musicians, like a lot of his albums are on this. So like people from like Jefferson Starship slash Jefferson Airplane, a lot of people Mm -hmm. in the scene in the Bay Area guest on this album in some capacity. And it's solid. I think it's really good. It got it got like really good reviews. But I think that's because it sounds a lot like the Grateful Dead. Mm-hmm. And it's of that era, of that scene, of that time period. But it's good. It's good. I, I dig it. I, I, I read something interesting, too, and kind of sad about Mickey Hart. But this was recorded while he wasn't even in the band. He quit the band for several years because I guess his dad, who was the manager of the Grateful Dead, and, and he brought his dad into the Grateful Dead. And he was like, yeah, dude, like my dad can manage us and like help us out. And his dad had been like stealing money from the band for like years. Oh, that's cheap. Like that. a lot of money. And so then the mm-hmm. band found out, obviously fired the dad, and he was so like embarrassed and hurt that he quit the band, even though the band like pleaded and were like, dude, no, we know it's not your fault. Don't worry about it. He like quit the band, like put himself in exile, cut off all ties, and was just super hurt by it. Wow, yeah. that's the complete opposite of every other situation. I know, right? It's like, <laughs> poor that's guy. Really bizarre. <laughs> yeah, that's bizarre. So, you know, right. Mickey Yard's a cool dude. Yeah, he seems like it puts out that one good record. The so. Twilar. This fucking guy, it's true. All right, well, that's it for the Dead Family. And then that oh. leads me to my, to my weekly pick. <laughs> All right, what do you got? What do you this, got? This was, uh, this was essentially like a freebie. This, this was like a dollar at the thrift store. And mm-hmm. Hank Williams is a guy that you probably know because Hank Williams Jr. and Hank Williams III, a very popular country and Hank Williams III actually has like a metal band that he fronts. So wait, that's what cool. really? Yeah, Hank Williams III is in like this really hardcore punk metal band. So strange. Yeah, it's a little bizarre. What a, what a weird, just a weird style t- to come from, you know? I mean, coming from like or this lineage to. is is, is yeah, weird. Yeah. But yeah, Hank Williams the first, um, just old country, old old country, and. At some point in his career, he leaned towards the like religious aspect of the country, mm-hmm. and I love that kind of stuff. I love the 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 very Christian 
country sounding stuff. I think it's super catchy. I think there's a lot of nostalgia for it too, for me, because going to like YMCA camp, we sang a lot of these songs, a lot of these renditions that were differently that we, that we sang. And then hearing them in like a country format, I think is really cool. But that's, mm. uh, that's the song that I chose is a song called Jesus remembered me. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's, it's an old song. He, he, he died, he died young. He died at like 28, 29 years old. Mm-hmm. And it's it's uh, it was this was probably recorded in like the forties, maybe maybe the fifties. He died in like nineteen fifty five. Yeah, it's pretty wild, but you can kind of you can you can hear it with the the quality of the oh yeah the song itself. But it sounds so good. I yeah. I mean it's it's fantastic. So uh, so do you want to just play a little bit of it? Play a little bit of it. All right, here we go. Uh, Jesus remembered me from uh, the Hank Williams. There you go. Jesus remembered me from Hank Williams. Just good old fashioned country music. Good old so good. country boy. <laughs> oh, that's good, man. That was good. I'm, I don't have any Hank Williams in my collection. This is uh, this is the second one I have. I have like a best of, but this is oh, okay. this is also kind of a best of too, actually. I mean, I can't imagine you probably need a lot of Hank Williams because it's all kind of the same, but. It was good. It was good stuff, man. Very, very good stuff. He, uh, I, I know, I started liking him because my mom loves Hank Williams the third or the or junior. I can't remember which one. One of the ones. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if you ask your mom which Hank Williams she likes, my mom also likes that one. <laughs> it's one of them. But I, I liked. I started okay. liking him a lot because the me first, me first, and the Gimme Gimmes did a cover of "I'm I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry" on "Love Their Country." Yeah, and that's a Hank Williams song and. That's a fucking banger of a, of a cover and a banger of a song, and that's how I started getting to Hank Williams, and like this guy, this guy's life was so short but so fucking interesting. Just like everything about this from? dude, he so he was born with with spina bifida. Is that what it's called? Spina bifida. Yeah, spina bifida. Yeah. 
And it was like undiagnosed and just, I mean, it was like the fucking 20s, dude. Like nobody probably yeah. even knew what was going on. So he had a lot of back pain throughout his entire life. Therefore, he drank a lot and he took a lot of painkillers and just randomly he'd fall down the horseback riding or hiking or bar fighting with somebody and he'd fall and hurt his back <laughs> and then it would cause more and more pain. And so he would drink more and more and more. And that's why he was kicked off of the Grand Ole Opry because of his alcoholism. That makes sense. That's so sad though. Fuck. He, he just drank so much. And I guess he was going to like a, a, a show or he was driving somewhere with his, with his buddy, his manager, his, his agent, somebody was driving him and they were driving up the coast and his buddy noticed that like he looked in the back and Hank was sleeping. He's like, Oh yeah, whatever. He looked in the back again. Like the blanket had fallen off Hank Williams. Mm -hmm. And so he put the blanket back on, didn't think anything of it. And by the time they stopped for gas, he realized that like rigor mortis had set in. He was fucking dead. No way. That's fucking crazy. Just like died. And then they did the autopsy and they realized like Hank was just all fucked up. And I guess he had gotten in a bar fight like Mm -hmm. several days prior and so he, was, he had, like, all these contusions on his head and his body. And somebody kicked him in the nards, like, a bunch of times. And it was all beat up. Like, he was, he was jacked shit. up. And there's still, like, to this day, there's still, like, conspiracies as to what actually caused his death, how he died, was it reported fast enough, what was going on. Yeah. That's wild. I had no idea he was that troubled. Dude, he wow. was... Like, he got his start playing guitar because this dude would come around and then this black blues musician named Rufus Payne would come around his house looking for like, like meals from, from Hank's family. And the trade was like my, I mean, I'm sure Hank didn't like say this, but the family would give this dude meals and and food and stuff. And the guy would teach Hank how to play music, but he's Mm -hmm. teaching him how to play blues music. And so when Hank started getting into like the country, he already knew how to play blues and he was just, you know, bridging the gap between country and blues even more so. So he's able, he was able cool. to play before like the black and the white audiences. And that's mm-hmm. what made him wildly successful. And he got to start, he, he would just sing outside of a radio station by his house. He would just sing on the sidewalk for like coins and shit, like a just busking, like, yeah, busking for money. And I guess the station like one time came out and just needed like airtime and mm-hmm. then put him on and they got a fuck ton of calls from people like, who is that singing cowboy? Bring him back that's on. So cool. That's so cool. Gave him his own show, like a 15-minute segment where he can pretty much do whatever he wants. Got fired mm-hmm. from that, too, for, for his alcoholism. Very tragic life, but very, very interesting. Yeah, sounds like it. But 29. even, like, considering... Wait, he was 29? I thought you said he was 55. Oh, he was 29 when he died. Oh, okay. I thought you said... He, oh, he died in 1955. That's yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, 29. Wow, that's so fucking young. Like, you have to be drinking a lot. I know. To fucking die at 29. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Wake pretty up sad. like drinking a bottle of whiskey. That's pretty much what you have to do. That's why Damn. it's just, it's so, it's so. I mean, I we've mean, known people like that in our life and we've in our friend group. Yeah. I know one person in particular, he, he had to completely stop drinking because he almost died when we had to have been like 27 or 28 when that happened. You remember that? I'm not going to say who it was, but yeah. Yeah. yeah it's fucking wild he was going to work drunk it's yeah. it's, it's uh it's nasty stuff one of one of uh another friend that lives in a different state 
he was visiting out here a couple of weeks ago and they were staying over in Phoenix and I kept mm-hmm. telling him like, Oh yeah, you should come out and like stay at my house. And like, I have free beer here and alcohol and we can go to a bar or whatever. And he kept saying like, no, no, no. And I was, kind of, I was, I was kind of like, dude, what a dick. Like I'm offering my house to you. You won't come. So he came yeah. the next day to hang out for like a little while, kind of find out he's been like a year sober because he lives oh. in different States. So I didn't know. And I, I guess like just drugs and alcohol got way too out of hand and it got like, like domestic violence type stuff. Oh, no, and so he quit terrible. like completely. And then I felt really bad. And I was like, why don't you fucking tell me, dude? I'm over here trying to get you over to drink and shit. Like, wouldn't you say anything? <laughs> I thought Do I know the person too? too? You don't yeah. tell me who it is, but I know him too. I, I'm sure you've met him. This is, this is somebody I, I went on a foreign trip with. Foreign trip. I've only been oh, okay. I know who you're talking about. I, or I have an idea who, who, who you're talking about. Yeah, not it's not friend of the pod Palmer, but it's no, yeah, I figured person. it's not Palmer. Yeah, but no, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, damn, yeah, that's man. wild. That's shitty, but it, at least he got his shit together and he didn't let it destroy his life. So. Yeah, like to be honest, that's uh, that's like one of the lucky ones, right? Because because it yeah. could have been so much worse, so much faster, and it's it's nasty stuff. Mm-hmm. It's nasty stuff. But Hank Williams is dope, so check him Very out. Very good stuff. Yeah, these. Wonderful, absolutely wonderful human being. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Trou- troubled, troubled, but troubled, I'm, sure he yeah, was very a, troubled. I'm sure he had a good heart, but he was definitely plagued with with problems. Okay, cool, cool. So that's all you got for the vinyls and everything like that. That's it, big um, boy. Let's I added hear a few it. more. I added a few more just to kind of lessen the blow a little bit uh, after we talk about it. Um, so. Let, do should we talk about the the bin or should we do a few things before we jump? Get into your the bin? bullshit out of the way first, and okay. let's get into the bin. <laughs> I'll get my bullshit out of the way before the bin. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, the first thing here, uh, I just kind of been looking for for records that I've really wanted for a long time, and just really been searching out deals, and I found a few. Um, so this first one is a Treyu. It's their. Uh, their fourth record, Lead Sales and Paper Anchors, their, their first one that they did with John Feldman in 2007, 2008, 2007 or 8, I don't remember now. But uh, yeah, this is a v- huge departure for the band at the time. This is way more pop friendly. And um, yeah, Alex, the, 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 lead, the main lead singer, he started singing more rather than screaming and growling. So it was a huge thing. And at first I didn't really care for it. But you know, as time went on, I ended up really liking it. And this is a um, this pressing is the music on vinyl pressing, which I know some people hate that the music on vinyl stuff. Some people love it. Some so it's like I think every music on vinyl pressing I have of anything has sounded great. So I have no issues with it. I know they I know they source almost everything from digital, and some a lot of people have issues with that. But if, I mean, if it sounds good, I don't care too much. Yeah. And this was this was cheap. I mean, lead sales usually goes for like twenty eight, twenty nine. I got it for 21. So, and I really like the record. So I'm, I'm not complaining at all. So great record. I know you don't really like it that much from when we did the rankings. If you even remember. I do. Cause that one, um, that one, yeah, that one, that one, it was okay. It just threw you off. It was, it was just like too poppy. I think. Yeah. It's very poppy, but some really good stuff on there regardless. Uh, the next thing here I picked up, uh, just a couple days or yesterday from port of sound. Port of Sound Records in Costa Mesa. Go check them out. They're good. They're a great record store if you like new records, like sealed records. They have everything. Their selection is humongous. Yeah. You. I mean, you've been there, and not only is it huge, but it's so 
so organized. Yes. Like, very, very organized. It's pretty remarkable at how organized this fucking place is. But, and so the guys dense with records, like fucking yeah, so every inch shit. of the place, but it never feels like, like you never feel claustrophobic in there. Yeah, like nothing is like stacked on the ground. There's no boxes laying around. Everything is on a shelf, like a pullout, a pullout drawer or a shelf. And there's just so much stuff. And it's like everything is like they, there are record store where there's no just like generic bin of stuff. Like here's all the F bands. Here's all the E bands. Yeah. So on and so forth. No, it's like every band who's in there has their own tab and they have a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's so, incredible. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. So I picked up um, Incubus. Incubus's second record, Science, came out in 97. If you don't know this record, I mean, just go, just after the pod, after you listen to the pod, go listen to this because it's just, <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing that Incubus has done that has sounded this good, honestly. It's so, it's, it's new metal of its time, but it's still, it, it, it exceeds the new metal brand and new metal genre. It's, it's re- it's a remarkable album and and I have the the 20 this is the 2012 non record store day release the same one that you have yeah and uh double lp dude it's it's a f- not only is the music great but I mean this is a, a fantastic pressing of it it sounds so great so it's so low the low end is so good but it doesn't overpower everything else it it's beautifully mixed yeah you know? I I agree I think our pressing sounds absolutely fantastic yeah, it's it's remarkable. I turned my bass up really, pretty damn high on my um, on my uh, speaker. So it's nice. It's damn. so nice. So damn good. Pick that one up. Yeah, it's it's amazing. So uh, this other one I also picked up from uh, Port of Sound. This is uh, Nirvana's In Utero. Their third, technically their third record, uh, their last record before Kurt had died. Uh, I only wanted to get the deluxe version because I wanted the extra songs and. And I, I, I don't know, I just, I wanted the best of the best for this one because I, I'm just, I, I love Nirvana so much. And I got it, it was a little bit more pricey, but I, I just wanted it. So I got it and I indulged a little bit. So uh, it's, it's three LPs. Uh, the first two LPs are the main album. They play at 45, which was really nice. Big heavyweight, 180 gram vinyl. It sounds so good. And then the fourth, the, I mean, the third LP is like, um, uh, it's just pretty much like the B-sides from this record. And then the last three songs are remixes, the original Steve Albini remixes of All Apologies, uh, Penny Royal, and Scentless, I think. But yeah, it's but those play at 33. Those The, the third LP only plays at 33. It doesn't play at 45, mm. which, whatever, it's fine. But this is, That's I mean... I, I, I love it. And then and then it's cool too because it's a, it's, a, it's a trifold, gatefold. So when you open it up on, on, one, uh, on the inside of it, it tells you where to put your treble and your bass to maximize like what you're listening to. Dang. So I don't have like a proper, a, a proper receiver so I couldn't do that. But yeah, there's the, it's kind of funny. It's like it's all hand drawn but it's just like at the treble and then the bass is like turn the treble to to six and then turn the bass to two or something like that. And that's like supposed to be the proper, the proper mix of listening to it on speakers. So I, th- I have never seen that. That was really cool. I've, I've never seen that either out of the thousands of records I've looked at. <laughs> I have never seen that. And that makes me I think that's just Steve Albini really getting his hands in there and doing like could be. trying to take apart every little thing. It could be, but I mean, I, see, it I don't has know if it was, to be. I've never seen be, yeah. that. That's so fucking cool. 
It is pretty rad. I and was the very fact that it, the, the album's forty minutes long, right? And then it's on Roughly, like you yeah. easily could have put it on one record easily, but putting it on two records and then dropping it to forty five, like yeah. that's amazing. It's pretty rad, man. It's I'm so happy about it. I didn't know it was a forty five. Uh, until I brought it home and I was looking at the hype sticker and yeah, sure enough, it was a 45 and I was even more mm-hmm. stoked about it. I was just excited about the the extra LP with the bonus songs. So I was just, su- that's that's all I really wanted from it. Otherwise, I would have bought like the $25 one or the $20 one. But I'm super stoked on this one. Very happy. Um, this next one, Thrice, picked up their second record, Illusion of Safety from 2002. And, uh, 2001? No, it's 2002. And uh, I mean... Thrice is a band that it's it's hard to come by their earlier records, at least for us, because we got into the game so late. But I found this one for really cheap on Discogs, like surprisingly very cheap. And I swiped it up super quick because a lot of fans love this record, especially like the vinyl heads love this record. And I mean, it was it was listed as very good condition on Discogs, but dude, it was there's like nothing wrong with it at all. There's like almost no surface noise at all. It sounds fan fucking tastic. And it was even still in the original Shrink. So I don't know why they listed it as very good, but whatever. I I got the better of the deal, so I'm not I think I, I think like for sure, just going off Discogs, people are are scared, and they list things in lower quality than they are, mm-hmm. rather than the yeah, opposite. Maybe, yeah, because then you're going to complain and send it back, or keep it, or ask for a discount. And that's true. That makes sense. That makes sense. The problems yeah. with uh, selling online, though. Very true. Very true. Oh gosh. Okay, so I got that one. Go listen to that record if you never heard it. It's if you're only familiar with Modern Thrice, uh, you're in for for a good surprise. Going back listening to the first three records. So get into that illusion. The illusion of safety. Fantastic record. You agree? I know. Uh, let's see here. This next one is from Taking Back Sunday. The record new again. This is my second favorite Taking Back Sunday record. I love this record. The nostalgia hits very hard with it. I think the songs are amazing. It's the only album to feature Matt Fozzi on guitar and vocals. Um, and I, I just, I think the songs here are wildly underrated. I hate that the band hates this record, but I <laughs> think they only hate it because of all the turmoil within the band. And then right after the, they did this tour, they fired the bass player, Matt, and then, oh, or both Matt's actually, the bass player, Matt Rubano and guitarist Matt Fozzi. And then they brought back the two old guys. <laughs> so the, kind of a shady thing to do but you know th- this record is really underrated and they rarely ever play songs from this record it's really sad really really sad because there's some absolute fucking bangers on this one so you know, i wonder if they said like in the firing meeting if they were just like all right if your name is matt you are no longer in the band <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty funny and fucked up they These actually al- did it even they did, they did it in an even more fucked up way. They actually announced the return of the old band, mem- band members online without telling the two mats. So the two <laughs> mats found out the two mats found out the same time everybody else did. And and not only not only that to really rub it in, they were already in El Paso at a recording studio writing and recording a new album and they didn't even tell the old band members. I mean, Pretty, fucked. Pretty fucked up, man. Like that's 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 really mean. That's just like straight up mean person. That's a mean person thing to do. That's a that's a very childish mean person thing to do. Like not exactly not confronting a possible problem, so ignoring it so it gets exponentially worse. <laughs> it's remarkable. Fuck those guys. But that a was an record. album that I that I didn't like at first, and it uh, 
when because we did that album and I I thought it was okay, but then we re-ranked them again when we did I think Tell All Your Friends and I liked it I liked it a lot more. Yeah, oh, it's a, it's a great record. I I don't know why you hated on it so much at first. I think you were just stuck in the past, you know, of of Tell All Your Friends for whatever reason. Well, I don't I I don't I don't know if I would say New Again's like their second best, but What's it's it's best? good. Man, I I actually listened to Tell All Your Friends yesterday. Oh boy. And uh, it's been a long... I I actually hadn't listened to it since we did the rankings, like maybe a year and a half ago. And I came to realize, like, I don't really care for that record that much. Like, I don't... I don't get it. You're a cool guy. I don't get it. It was 2002. You you had straight black fingernails. You had Liberty (laughs) Spikes. This was not... You wouldn't be caught dead listening to TBS. You were But where you want to be... Misfits... Where you want to be with is, I think, is a much better record than Tell All Your Friends. I don't. I, besides Q without the E and uh, Devil, wait, Devil in New Jersey, Timberwolves in New Jersey. Oh, Timberwolves, yeah. Uh, besides those two, those two songs, I think it's a pretty underwhelming record. I don't mm, get it. I false. just do not get it. Like literally the opening song, you know how I do. Yeah, that song's mm. okay. So sick, so sick of being tired and oh, so tired of being <laughs> sick. Oh. Uh, but yeah, go get into new again. It's a better record. So better than, uh, tell your friends. So check that one out. Okay. So let's, let's get into the bin, the oh, bin that I God, got. Here we go. Fucking so, Tyler over here. This piece <laughs> of shit, asshole. Motherfucker. Hey, 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 you know what? You've, you've gotten way like a, a shit ton of deals. So I deserve one. I deserve never, one. nothing like this though. I deserve, but okay. This one compared to like the 15 that you've gotten over the last year. Come on. So, so yeah, on OfferUp, Jeff and I constantly kind of go through OfferUp. We have our notifications on in case anything post, anybody posts anything. I came across this guy saying, make me the best offer on, I think he said he had 95 records, but he only was showing like six or seven of them. But those six or seven were enough to pretty much make up the price, the, the, or like, you know, make up a, a good price point. So... <laughs> You and I both, you and I both messaged him. You did first. You're like, oh yeah, I'll give you 300. And he was like, okay, yeah, that's fine. And then I offered him 200. And he's like, oh, uh, this guy, this guy is offering me a little bit more. And then you said, you said, oh, I live in Arizona. Never mind. And then the guy messaged me back. He's like, yeah, the guy bailed. He doesn't live in California. So yeah, no, $200. That's fine. Just come out here. So come to find out it's in fucking Silmar. Silmar. Ghetto fucking Silmar. What a shithole. Yeah. So Come to find out, Silmar from Yorba Linda is roughly about an hour and a half drive. Um, even with traffic, it comes out to be like two hours. Maybe an hour 15 and then two hours with traffic. So I drove out there. It fucking took me forever. And I get out there and it's just like fucking dump city, man. It's just, it's a dumpy neighborhood. I felt shady like parking anywhere. So I ended up just parking in the guy's driveway or what was kind of a driveway because there's nowhere else to park. And then there's like fucking dogs everywhere. There's people, I don't know. It was just really shady. And I go, this guy has this huge fucking fence. He has cameras everywhere. And it was a (laughs) big house. It was a big, big house, but in just, but it wasn't like a nice looking house. It was just big. And there were fucking cameras everywhere. And I ring like the, the, the ring doorbell. It doesn't answer. I'm like, Oh dude, this guy better not fucking bail me. I drive all the way out here. I was, I was like already pissed when I got there. And then so I call him. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll be on like, like, like a minute. I'll, give me a minute. It comes out like with this fucking uh, dolly with this plastic bin of records. <laughs> he opens up the gate for me and, he, and then he just starts talking. He ends up, dude, he, I talked to him for maybe like 35, 40 minutes. Like he just would talk, talk, just telling me stories. And 
I couldn't tell how much of it was bullshit and how much of it was actually real. He was telling me he used to work for Sumerian Records, which is like a smaller label. It's an indie label. And I thought, okay, you probably, you're a little bit older. You probably didn't work for them. And then come to find out in the bin, there's like five Sumerian record, Sumerian record bands in there, like exclusive ones to the record label. And uh, so I'm like, okay, this guy probably did. And then he's telling me he worked for KCRW, I think it was, some radio station. And he was in, he was in charge of digitizing vinyl to, or he was in charge of the digitization of vinyl so they could play shit on the radio. And which I was thinking bullshit, but then he was like, oh yeah, here's a radio promo with this and that. And I'm like, oh, fucking guy. So like everything he was saying that I thought was bullshit ended up being true. And, but he was like a tweaker. So I don't know. I, I was, I'm so conflicted with the guy. And then like halfway through the conversation, he says, oh, you know what? I had this Rage Against the Machine vinyl, their first record. It's, it's the oh, box set. Uh... It's the box set. And he's like, yeah, people are asking like 150 bucks on eBay. And, uh, and yeah, if you want it, it's 30, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you for 30 bucks. And I said, Hey man, yeah, totally. I'll take it for 30 bucks. So he goes, runs back into the house, comes out with his box set and he, and he hands it to me. And I'm like, Hey, so I don't have the $30 in cash with me, but I can Venmo you or Zelle you, whatever, you know, or whatever. And, um, he's like, no, my Venmo got hacked a little while ago, so I don't use it anymore. I'm like, Oh shit. Um, well, I mean, if you want, I can go to the ATM and pull out 30 bucks. It's like, you know what? Just take it, man. Just, it's cool, man. Just take it. It's fine. It's totally fine. Don't worry about it. So I got this fucking night, this nice ass Rage Against the Machine box set of their first record. It has the DVD, the CDs. It's, it's nice. The book. It's, it's cool, man. So, so I got that one for free. So all in all, it was 95 records plus the box set for 200 bucks. And then going through it, I was like sifting through it with the guy. I'm like, okay, some of this shit's going to be worth a lot. And then I get home. And I'm super excited. I call you, you know, and we video chat about it. And then as I'm going through it, I'm like, dude, I got the mega... So first of all, let's get into kind of what I got and what I've listened to at least. Oh, boy. Uh, Metallica, their first record, Kill Em All, I got the Mega Force copy, which is very, it's pretty hard to come by. Uh, it's in very good condition. There's a little bit of wear on the jacket. Uh, there's one loop on, on the bass solo. But I mean, if I give it a good cleaning, I think it'll be totally fine even though I cleaned it a little bit beforehand, but I think I could do a little bit better. Uh, but yeah, and this one goes for quite a bit of money. So I'm keeping that one because I'm, I mean, this is, it's my favorite Metallica record. And knowing that I have the Megaforce one, so sick. So Dude, sick. like I'm, Desi sold a Megaforce pressing of Ride the Lightning for $260. Mm-hmm. So like that's what they're worth and kill them all. Yeah. So that's at least a two to $250 record. There's one, one person. record. Just pay for there, that entire lot. There's one person on Discog selling this copy on, on there, and it's they're selling it for two ninety nine. Mm. Uh, but but the median price is like ninety five, I think. So and then the highest it's gone for has been like two hundred five dollars, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that was probably like four years ago, before the final boom hit, and before <laughs> people stopped selling records. Could I mean it could be I don't I don't know, but. Yeah, so I got the Mega Force copy. Or Unbelievable! Copy like that is a holy grail for Metallica heads. Yeah, this is one of them. For it sure. truly is, for sure, for sure. So it's pretty, pretty awesome stuff. And then, as I was sifting through it, I came across another Metallica record, Master of Puppets, their third record, another amazing record, their second best record. And uh, and yeah, this one was in pretty pristine condition. The jacket's in a little. It's a little bit better than what the Kill 'Em All one was. Uh, there's one like I don't know what it is. There's one loop on Master of Puppets as well, but I think I can get rid of it. 
Uh, outside of that, I mean, there's there's a little bit of surface noise. Um, both records are slightly bit warped, but it doesn't it doesn't make the needle like you know jump or anything like that. Except for that one, like I said, that one loop. But it's so. But both both loops are so far into a, into side A that the warp wouldn't really be affecting it anyway. So yeah, I don't know Damn. what it is. You should you should see if Glasshouse or maybe program if they do like sonic cleans if they can like sonically clean them mm. there's a couple places out here that'll do it and if you're not like a regular they charge you like a dollar two dollars a record and they'll sonically clean it for you interesting i didn't even think about that but that's i might do that i, w- I would yeah I would, I would do that especially for something like that and then yeah, you can flex your power you could be like oh can you sonically clean this fucking super rare mega force press and you kill them all bro <laughs> It's so sick, man. It's so then, cool. then you can watch their like mouth, like fucking Roger Rabbit style. You can watch like their jaws drop <laughs> and their eyeballs pop out. That truly is like an unbelievable. Like you read, I do get a lot of of deals, a lot of finds, but I've never, I've gotten nothing like this, of this. Yeah, I, stature. This is and unbelievable. Then to, and then to find this here in California, where the deals are so slim and they're just they never really happen, and to come across this, oof. So that was only two. There's only two records. Yeah, I know, I know. And then this, then this fucker says, "Yeah, I have a storage unit. I have about four thousand more records." Fucking guy. So I've been keeping in contact with him over the last since since I picked these up, saying, you know, I'm I'm willing to take more from you, take more off your hands. I'll meet you at the storage unit. You don't even have to bring them to your home. I'll meet you there, and we can we can work out a deal there. So. I'm still. He's, he just keeps telling me, "No, I, just, I haven't had time to go out there. I haven't had time to go out there yet and to to sift through them." So, I don't know. It's just this whole situation. It's is so, so weird. Dude. weird. And it, I, I've, I just don't know. So what many the, red flags, but then you got so much good stuff. So those red flags don't even mean yeah. anything. I don't. Oh, I just don't know. Oh, and then this fucker. So I'm talking to him, and he's telling me about like how he met Nick. Okay, so uh, I, 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 I don't. Did I tell you the Nick Nolte story? No. Oh, okay. Oh my god, dude. Like I said, I was there for almost 45 minutes. He was just and I had like I didn't say anything. He just fucking talked. So he was saying that so he was he was at he was on somebody's boat in Newport or in in Newport. He was in, he was on somebody's boat in Newport. It was it was like evening time and then him and his friend or a couple of friends were leaving the dock and there's some guys tra- like completely trash fucked up out of his mind and they ends up falling in between two boats and on the docks so they ended up like pulling him out whatever <laughs> and he ends up being like really good friends with nick nolte this this random drunk dude yeah. so then this guy introduces them to nick nolte and then he kind of like builds this like conversation up with with nick nolte and he, they i guess they get on the topic of barbara streisand because this guy that sold me the records his mom is a huge huge barbara streisand fan and apparently nick nolte is good friends with her so Nick Nolte ended up getting this guy a gold record of like a gold Barbara Streisand record, like, you know, in a frame and everything and signed by her. And, and I was, and I was thinking, okay, this, I mean, this is outrageous. This is stupid. It's fucking dumb. It's, it's so dumb. And then yesterday, I, I don't know why I didn't tell you this yesterday, but yesterday I just <laughs> went onto his offer up page. He's fucking selling it for like $150. The gold plated Barbara Streisand thing. Yes. Yes. What so he actually fuck? has it. I don't know if the story itself is true. Why but would Barbara Streisand give somebody her gold record? I maybe she gave it to Nick Nolte and then he gave it to her. That's what it sounds. That's what he was saying. 
I, dude, what I'm telling you, this is going on. And this is only like scratching the surface of all the shit that he was telling me. So he's told, he told me so many things and they, they, they come back to me at different moments. So I have more stories, but I just can't think of, think of them off the top of my head. Yeah, dude, this shit is fucking wild. And I've, I, I'm just so perplexed. Dude, I almost so. bought that Streisand too. Like this is that's a gold fucking record. I know. Even just like know. keep it like in my wall. Just like that story alone is is amazing. Mm-hmm. A Barbara Streisand gold record signed by Bar. Like who the <laughs> fuck wants that? But I do. <laughs> I want to hang it up. It's so bizarre, man. I don't know. I I just don't know what to think about this guy. But ah, oh, God. So yeah, that that that's just a little bit of the story. I mean, so I. I'm sure. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, we'll have we'll get access to a storage unit. And I know you said that you you'd actually fly out here and would, help me I would, with that, would, and we'd split I would, it. I would drive out there and then. Oh yeah, drive yeah. Yeah, and then and then we'd split it, and then I yeah. would uh, I'd be fucking over the moon. <laughs> this is fucking nuts, dude. Dude, if this shit actually pans out, oh my god. And then and then he was also telling me that he was a DJ. Um, he was a DJ and he toured Europe for years. He said that's where like he, he did a lot of his stuff back in the eighties the and nineties. And I thought, okay, that's bullshit, whatever. And then as I was pricing these records, a good half of them are European pressings. Which is especially like some of those like A C D C ones too. Like those mm-hmm. aren't yep. those aren't like readily available for the US and then you know, the seventies, the, the, the late seventies. So yeah, yeah, like the the three I think what no, I have two or three A C D C records. And they're each going for at least $45 on Discogs. So, dude, I, it's, it's just one thing after another. When I think he's bullshitting, I end up finding out, okay, he's fucking legit. So, yeah. So, uh, like, like I said, okay, so Rage Against the Machine, I listened to that, that vinyl. I mean, it's, there's, there's a tiny bit of surface noise. I mean, nothing in this collection is, like, mint at all. There's, like, scuffs on the jackets or, or whatever, you know. But, honestly, I'm not complaining. Um, and then the, the last thing from this lot, uh, animals is leaders. This band is signed to Sumerian records. And this is the one thing that I thought, okay, well, before, before he, when he was telling me all the stuff that he worked for Sumerian, I was calling bullshit. And then I came across this and I was like, I've never seen this pressing of their second record weightless came out in 2011. And I was like, I've never seen this as like a clear, it's a clear variant and it's in a weird, a very, very strange jacket. And I thought, okay, this is this is really bizarre. And it, apparently, it was like a limited edition. Uh, it was very limited uh, to Sumerian records. And then I was talking to him about it. And he's like, oh yeah, Javier is a really cool guy, he's super nice. And I thought, how the fuck would you know that even the name Javier, <laughs> who's the guitar, who's one of the guitar players in the band, like, like you don't, you don't even say Tosin Abasi, like who's the most famous guy in the band. You say Javier, it's like, dude, this guy, this guy was in. He was in. He was part of Sumerian records. So, oh my god. How I much? How much is that animals? Animals as leaders worth? Is uh, that one? I, think I think it's did, like fifty five. Let me let me look real quick. That's just, like that's in, that, it's funny too because Circus Survive was signed to Sumerian for a while, and we had yeah. just done yeah. Circa on the pod like the week before, and then you brought it up. So when you said like Sumerian before you got home, I was like, oh, dude, there's Circa in there. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna lose my shit. <laughs> I'm gonna be so fucking pissed. Oh God. Okay, so this um this this. Variant w- was limited to 277 copies, oh uh, my but God. 
but it was it hasn't sold for a lot. Like the median price is thirty dollars. The highest was forty five. So it's not like is it on sale now? No, it's not available to buy. Okay, well then. It's, and the it's, last time it was sold was March thirteenth, twenty twenty. So over a year ago. You probably throw that up there for a hundred bucks, and somebody will buy it. Maybe yeah. I mean, and it doesn't really have any service noise, no loops, no pops, nothing. Um, it's in pretty pretty good condition. So Damn. yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. This guy. I know. I don't. I don't get it. Fucking believable. Oh boy. So there you go. That, that's all I got from this bin. But the last thing here, it's actually my my pick of the week. Uh, I got this one because I found it so cheap on eBay. It never goes for for that cheap. Usually it goes for like seventy, seventy five, and higher. I got it for twenty eight dollars. So very happy about it. It's it's Omar Rodriguez Lopez, my boy, my boy Omar. Sure. Uh, this is, uh, this is one of his solo records. This is, was pretty much supposed to be a Mars Volta record. It came out between Octahedron. Oh no, I'm sorry. It came out between Bedlam and, and Octahedron. So it's pretty much everybody was in the band except for Thomas Pridgen wasn't on this record. Ike wasn't on it and neither was Marcel. Uh, they had Zach Hill play drums on it. If you're not familiar with him, he played with Hella and, uh, Hella's kind of a crazy band. So he played he played drums on this, but yeah, it's it every song has vocals. It's it's like a Mars Volta record, and they released it in two thousand nine. Uh, this is like they really they pretty much just released this because everybody was bitching about Octahedron being too soft. So then they threw out this record, and it's kind of a wild record and out of control, and uh, and it's really good. I, I it could have easily been a Mars Volta record. So uh, I'm just gonna play a little bit of the song Half Kleptos from uh, Omar. Here we go. There it is, Half Kleptos from Omar and a solo record. Cryptomnesia. That's the name of the record. I didn't even say it. Cryptomnesia mm. is the name of the record. Uh, yeah, so there you go. This is a great record, man. I don't know. I don't think you've ever listened to it, have you? No. Yeah, I didn't think so either. But what did you think of this song? 
It was okay. I don't know. I it was now that you say it was supposed to be kind of like a Mars Volta record, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. But I don't know. I thought it was okay. I I don't I don't think it it really I don't think it belongs as like a, an official release, but I I really appreciate it and I think it sounds really good. But when you're throwing it up against Bedlam and and the first three yeah. records, like you can't you can't compare it. That's what I was going to say is it sounds like something like they would have done on Bedlam. Mm-hmm. Actually, it sounds like the Goliath. Like it sounds like the, the never have I heard oh, a man yeah. speak like this man before type of thing. Yeah. It reminds me of that. Just not, I don't know. It was, uh, it was not a fine. smoother groovy, I guess you could say. Maybe because it's, it's not from, from Bedlam. Then that's why I'm, I'm thinking that it's kind of lame, but mm. it's because okay. out of context. I don't know. I thought it was okay. I get it. I, I think I don't know. There's a, if you listen to the entire record, a lot of it is just, or not a lot of it, but parts of it are just kind of like noise, you know, or they're, it's just like chaos, just real chaos. So that's probably why they never released this as like a Mars Volta release because it wasn't radio friendly enough, I guess. Even though their other records aren't super radio friendly, but this one really definitely isn't. It's a strange record, but good, great record. Okay, well, I'm I'm glad you bought it for cheap. I'm so stoked on it. I'm glad you got it now. Now I just got it. I got, I pretty much have one Holy Grail. One Holy Grail, and that's that Omar record. The Omar and John Frusciante record, the acoustic one. That's my Holy Grail. The one with but zero like, equals two? Yeah. And that one, <laughs> it, dude, it never drops below like 250. Ever. I don't understand. I don't dude, get it. I love that record, man. I, I have to have that. I have to have it. Besides like the records that aren't understand. pressed ever, but yeah, this. The, out of all the records ever pressed, like it's that one record that I want. Fuck. Okay. It's my Holy Grail, man. Holy Grail. All right. I mean, hopefully someday somebody will get it for me. Our fans. Our fans out there. Maybe if you sell your fucking $5,000 that you just got from this <laughs> tweaker in Silmar, you can afford I mean, to I buy could. it. I could, honestly. But then I'm also kind of waiting, waiting out Clouds Hill and seeing if they're actually going to release any of Omar's solo stuff on vinyl. Because I don't want to be in that dumbass who buys like you know a three hundred dollar record and then two months later they repress a bunch of Omar shit. Oh, like when you it's bought like de facto, or when you bought the the bootlegs when I bought the box of set? Delaust oh, and Francis, yeah. and then they released Delaust and Francis in a box set. <laughs> I know. And I then know. you thought that they were never going to release the individual albums, so and you bought the did. box set, and then they did. And then you thought that they would never release it outside of Clouds Hill, like Delaust, and then they did for cheaper and finally yeah. please on the color variants. I know. So that's why I'm holding out. That's why I'm holding out. Fuck, I hate Cloud Hill so much. I'm holding out on the rest of the, the Omar stuff and de facto stuff because I figured it's going to be re-released at some point. And the only reason why I bought Cryptomnesia was because it was under $30. And even if, say, VMP sells it, they're going to sell it for roughly that same price, if not a little bit more. So, so I'm good. I'm good right now. I'm not going to buy that that acoustic record someday okay so that's all i got for new vinyl and that's my song of the week so let's just kind of round it out with uh with new music and other happenings in the music world do you want to play any of these because i don't i just erased the or x out of the thing no 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 no, no, i don't want to play any of these okay so uh, the first thing here, uh, I didn't even know this was a thing or it existed, but a new album that came out with Foo Fighters and the Bee Gees. What is this? 
I don't understand. You put this in here. What is it? You didn't see this? No, what is it? Oh, this is, so this is a, technically an EP, even though it's 40 minutes, but this is, the side A is the Foo Fighters under the pseudonym of the DGs covering the BGs. Oh, what? And side B is just live material from their new album. What? Really? Yeah. So I was super interested in that. And they released it on a record store day. Yeah, I, I noticed that the this sold out really fast because Port of Sound was complaining on their Instagram saying that, you know, you could have bought it for $35 and then people are reselling it for 200 Yeah. <sighs> They were bitching about it. So, so like I just Bee-Gees, thought it was a Bee Gees record. The B <laughs> no. The the Bee Gees are a, a group that is that is kind of known for Saturday Night Fever, right? They yeah, disco. their their disco. songs from Saturday Night Fever, disco era. But don't forget the Bee Gees were a really good psychedelic pop, psychedelic rock band in their early days. They were okay. fucking badass. And so I thought that the Foo Fighters would mix both of them. I thought I thought they would do some of the disco stuff, but then mix it in with some of the psychedelic stuff. And they didn't. It was just all fucking disco. And they played it just like the Bee Gees played it. And oh, it was that's lame. fucking trash. That's really lame. I didn't even listen to the seconds. I didn't even listen to the, to their, to their original stuff, the live recordings of their new songs, because I was so disappointed in the fact that they just played disco the way the Bee Gees played their own disco songs. Yeah, that's super lame. At least try to make it your own. But like try to make the Bee Gees in the late 60s were straight psychedelic. They were good. It was so See, I didn't fucking know that. good. I did not know that. Not one of the songs was like that. And they could, they could have had so much freedom. That, yeah. right? They could have done like whatever they wanted with some of the psychedelic stuff the Bee Gees had done. And they mm-hmm. opted to just straight do disco. Very disappointing. I don't understand why anybody would want this fucking album. It's dumb. <laughs> so fuck everybody that bought it new because you're all a bunch of chodes. Awful. Or, or even worse, the people buying it used for 200 bucks. Yeah. If you pay $200 for this, then you should not even be listening to music. That's true. That's a good point. No good business. Point. <laughs> all right. So uh, some new songs that came out. Aqua. My my people in Aqua, they put out a new song. Apparently, it's a cover. I don't know who did the original. I don't remember, but it's called "I Am What I Am." This is almost <laughs> as bad as it is what it is. Um, I hate it. I hate the title. The song is whatever. It's a cover. It's for like Pride, because uh, I guess in Denmark it's Pride Month in Denmark. I don't. I don't really know, but uh, but yeah, this is um, to like raise money for for LGBT. Uh, yeah. or, uh, that charities aside, and stuff. The, the song the song's dumb. Song sucks. Yeah, it's, it's kind of boring. boring. Yeah, it's it's more boring than anything else. And then uh, what's his name isn't even on the song. Renee's not even on the song. Oh. So I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know. It sh- she should have just released this as a solo song. Because I don't. I don't hear anything that would make it sound like Aqua. I don't get it. I just don't get it. So I'm not even gonna play it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Uh, Under Oath put out a new song called "Damn Excuses." I thought this was pretty good. I'm not gonna play it, but thought it was pretty good mike friend of the pod mike a big under oath guy uh really didn't like it at all but i <laughs> i thought it was good it's like anything new hey, but it's not like super emo it's not like super anything they, they did early in their career it's good it's just a it's an aggressive a good aggressive song I, I dug it yeah it's not annoying that's for sure uh and then the last thing here iron maiden put out a new song, The Writing on the Wall, and I really wish they hadn't put this out because this song sucks. <laughs> this song was terrible. It was almost like a, 
it was almost like a pop country kind of like ballad. It was, it was a joke. Like this has terrible. to be a fucking joke. There's no way. And it's almost seven minutes long. There's no, I listened I listened to like two minutes. Yeah. I got like a minute in and I thought, <laughs> oh, fuck, I can't do this. So I just like was skipping forward until I got to the solo and I listened to the solo and I thought, okay, this is Iron Maiden sounding, but it's still not a great solo. Yeah. It was, it, it's a garbage song. It sucks. <laughs> it's really bad. I'm not even a huge Iron Maiden fan, but this is just terrible, man. Mm. Terrible. So that's all for uh, for new music and stuff. Uh, let's get into Turnstile. They're putting out a new record in, in like August 20th, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you and I kind of blew it because they put up pre-order for their vinyl. All cool, all kinds of cool colored vinyl and <laughs> limited edition stuff. And we got we found out about it a day late, so we only were able to pick up the black variant of it. Like a bunch of fucking losers. Yeah, I'm I'm bummed about it. That sucks. But you know, it's new turnstile, so I can't complain too much. Uh, but yeah, we're we're idiots. We're 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 dummies. Well, especially dummies. because we like pretend to be like authorities on vinyl now. We have like a segment on it. And we're just we're, we're <laughs> fucking nobodies. We we are literally just a bunch of narbs out here. But we then also. Nothing. When, when it comes to like us being ex- vinyl experts, you know, we got on the Angels and Airwaves thing really quick. We got on the the BT Bam. We got on really quick, but it happened so quickly that like we got on it within ten minutes, and within those ten minutes, shit had sold out. Did you did you pre order on, on on Amazon? Yeah, I yeah. Okay, that's sold out too. For whatever oh, sold that's out worth. Now? Yeah. Okay, because my my order says it's it's still. Like it's still order the order's received, but it says yeah. it'll give me a date of when it's gonna be shipped. But I mean that could be never. No because Amazon's pretty fucking shitty. So I don't know. Uh so yeah, that's 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 sucks, man. <laughs> it just I'm it just really sucks. But new turnstile is always good, like I said, and that'll be out I think August twentieth. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's August twentieth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and we'll and then we're probably gonna do that record on the pod, so spoilers. We're probably gonna do the new record. Because that's what we do. That's what we do. And the last thing here, bring you know, any, ending this on a downer, but uh, Biz Marquis, the rapper, influential rapper, um, who put out, you know, Just a Friend, you know, classic, classic song, uh, died. He was 58, I think, or 59 years old. I don't know how he died. Do you know? Yeah, he had, I mean, he had battled with, uh, I think, type 2 diabetes he for a diabetes, while. diabetes, yeah. So it was just complications from that, I, I assume. Yeah, but like, honestly, dude, like, like, just a friend is a solid song and it's iconic. But his early stuff, because most of the like, his greatest stuff is from the late '80s, so it is like right up your alley. And you should really check out his first couple <laughs> albums because you'll recognize some other stuff, like Vapors, the song Vapors. Snoop Dogg did like a little thing with it, and like mm-hmm. he is just he was so funny. He was so witty. He was so different than everybody else was was putting out goofy music in the 80s yeah but then he would like throw his beatboxing stuff in there and he was really good at it mm-hmm. so and he was so young and it's just very young but i mean that's diabetes man that shit if you don't take care of that i mean you are fucked like that can kill you so fast i even have a, a close friend of mine and she she got it when we were she got type 2 diabetes when we were 23 22 years old and she lost a ton of weight. She lost like over a hundred pounds. Oh, and uh, and she didn't know she was sick. And she all her hair was falling out. She had no idea she was sick. She just thought, oh, my exercising and diet's working. 
and then she goes to the doctor and finds out she has type two diabetes and she almost died. So Jesus. like if she, if she kept, if she kept going without getting diagnosed, she probably would have died within a few months Damn. because she dropped weight so quick. And it just, that is a killer fucking disease and there's no fucking cure for it. Even if you have the best, even, even after you get it and you have the best diet ever, you could still die from it. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's such a fucked up disease, such a fucked up disease, but yeah, Damn, there that you go. sucks. Yeah, that yeah. sucks. So, I mean, for whatever it's worth, check out Bismarcky. Check out his early yeah. stuff. He only has like yep, yep. four or five albums, and and he's he's actually, he's actually kind of like a, a pioneer in the hip hop industry, he, especially because when it comes to sampling, he was one of the guys, if not the guy, that was sued for sampling something, and after that, everybody had to clear the rights for whatever samples they used in their music. Yeah, and so kind of like he the wrote, Beastie Boys with Paul's Boutique. I mean, they just did it. They never got like sued or anything for it. They just oh, okay. they just did it. Whatever. He got sued for it. He didn't have a lot of money, and he got hit with these lawsuits from whatever person, some random mm-hmm. fucking guy that no one ever heard of. But he used a sample, and he was all mad about it. But then Bismarcky's next album was called uh, "All Samples Cleared," and it was kind of like a joke, like, "Hey, we cleared all samples," but pretty much lost all his money by that and was, was irrelevant at that point. But without, yeah, without, uh, without him taking that hit, it would have been somebody else. And he was kind of the first person to get royally screwed and sued by somebody in hip hop for sampling somebody else's music. Yeah. That's fucked, man. And he's in a bunch yeah, of I mean, movies, just an important part of like, I don't know, hip hop culture. Oh yeah. He's, he's very important, especially in the golden age. I mean, he was, he was the tail end of the golden age of hip hop. I feel so good stuff but yeah i know he's he's passed away so like i said ending this on a downer because you know that's what we do on the bottom on right? a downer uh go to uh, go to apple Podcasts, go rate review and subscribe to us on there follow us on social media at asinine radio thank you all for listening stay tuned for the main episode because we are getting into mia's record kala and then we're also going to rank all of her five records so get into that and uh that's it that's all good day. Thank you.